I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Two Cups of Tea. I'm Chris Heath, and I've got the best job in podcasting, because I get to stick the kettle on, peel the foil off a Viscount biscuit, and listen to another amazing life story from someone in their golden years. Today, I'm in Rochdale talking to 84-year-old Pat Fallon. His life story is a belter, starting in 1934 in Dublin. His tales feature wild swimming, sultana wrangling, weightlifting, bodybuilding, upstaging Jimmy Cricket, Mexicans who sound like Germans, and the love of his life. I'll go in and set up the microphones while you listen to the theme tune. Let's do this. So, Pat, first of all, I need to say welcome to Two Cups of Tea. Thank you very much. We're here today in Rochdale, but I'll be honest, you don't sound like you're from Rochdale originally. Oh, God, no. Take me back to the very... Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) So take us back to the beginning. Where are you from? When were you born? I was born in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, I didn't walk off a postcard. I was born there in Dublin. Uh, (laughs) To a 17-year-old, my mother was 17 years of age yeah. when I was born. I was born in a poor house in Dublin yeah. uh, called St. James's Hospital. Oh, like the workhouse? Or, or... Yeah. Wow. I mean, so we're talking about 1934. So I was born on the 16th of February, yeah. 1934. My mum was in the workhouse, yeah. like the Magdalene Laundry place. Right. And she was with me, I don't really know how long. Maybe three three years, I believe. Uh, and then I was there until I was four years and two months. And then I was taken over there. Have you got any memories of it? My earliest memory was there was a, a load of windows, uh, concertina windows. Yeah. And they opened and closed and they were about 14 foot wide. And I remember in the blackboard building its nest on a, on the drain pipe. Yeah. I remembered the sister who was in charge, and uh, or I knew what her name was, Sister Claire. Yeah. Now, I came out of there in, I'd say, about 1939. Yeah. And at that time, a lot of the people in the mountains and around Dublin, the Dublin mountains really, which they used to take in, they didn't, they didn't adopt children. They boarded them out, and the government paid the people for looking after us. So the people got 
a paycheck. Oh, so they got a little bit of money for looking after kids. Yeah, for feeding us and yeah. looking after us. And then they gave us also, they gave us vouchers a couple of times a year, possibly. Yeah. For to go and buy boots or shoes or clothes. Yeah, the stuff, the, have, the essential stuff you needed. Yeah. And they had to have the bills for them and I could only buy in one shop. And that was in Frawley's in Camden Street. In Dublin? In Dublin. And so they had to fill in a form then to say they spent this and give the receipts to him so there was no no fiddling. So that was, a, as I say, I came out of the, the, the convent yeah. at that four years and two months. And another chap came with me. And, uh, oh, and you both went to the same place in the mountains? Yes, but there was many, many children came out. Yeah. It was a big van, like a Black Maria or Paddy's Taxi or yeah. whatever they want to call it, you know. <laughs> so if we come out in this big van, I do remember that. And two people had been dropped off here and two there and one there. Yeah. And uh, at that time, as I say, it was, it was uh, just before the war, thereabouts, and times was hard. But people did it for years. They brought out children to rare because they got a few bob for it. Yeah. Um, and they, they only had a very small farm. And, uh, Were they nice? Do you remember them being nice people? The, the mother was a lovely woman. Yeah. She was a lovely woman. I used to call her Granny. Yeah. And uh, she was adorable. And she uh, she died in um, 1958. Yeah. She died in 1958, the 22nd of June, 1958. Wow, that's... that's when she died. And this year, yeah, this year, me and one of her great-grandsons yeah. erected a monument or a headstone to her, beautiful headstone, and me and him erected that. Yeah. Uh, so oh, what a wonderful thing to do. I've done it on the 60th anniversary of her death. So where was that? In, Bo, in, in a place called Bohonabrina. Bohonabrina, near Tala. Tala is the nearest... And that's, and that's where she lived? Near, we lived up in the mountains, really. Yeah. In a little place called Friarstown. <coughs> so, and the two of us was, was brought there. Yeah. And I was a bit of a rebellion kind of a chap. Were you? Even then. So a bit of a... So I, I didn't want to stay there. I, I wanted to go back to Sister Claire. Mm. So I... Oh, really? Did you want to go back to the... I did the, want the, to go the, back to Sister Claire. I didn't know anybody else, really. Yeah. Bear in mind. So the woman's daughter, the woman of the house daughter, who was a lovely woman, and she was probably about 30 or thereabouts. Yeah. So I had the short trousers on, which yeah. I had for many years after, and she shook me out of my trousers. And... Well, put you up to held you upside down and shook yeah, you out of your trousers. Shook me out of my trousers <laughs> and was rebelling. And the other little chap that was with me, he just got in the corner and killed in the corner and just stopped there. But after that, I wouldn't say it was all giants, but it was very it turned out to be very, very good. And we got well treated. Yeah. And um we always with plenty of food because we had our own vegetables and potatoes and all that kind oh, of stuff. Really? Gotcha. And cabbages and the old lady as a colour. She used to plant cabbages and she used to keep turkeys and chickens and ducks. So that was during the war, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, that was the war years. You were there, you were there the whole time. So we were 
very, very well off in comparison to the poor people in Dublin. So from the age of five onwards, you were you didn't have a rationing, you had all your vegetables, everything was... We had owners and other people, but sugar was rationed, but um, we, got, we, we got so much sugar, but we didn't get much of it. Yeah. Uh, we got um, about 200 weight of sugar in the school, and you had to have a halfpenny or a farden or a penny to get a cup of cocoa. And right. If you didn't have that, you didn't get a cocoa. And uh, the schoolmaster, he used to help himself. He was a very bad man. Oh, was master. he? Oh, it was horrible. He was a, a nightmare. And so I had a boil on my bum. And he had a boil on your bum? Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't read this time. I couldn't read. I had it off by heart. I had it all off by oh, heart. Oh, so you learned it. it was, so it looked like you were reading it. Yeah. yeah. And it was coming down with my finger. And he caught me on the wrong line. And he came with your knee in the backside and bust me by it. Oh! <laughs> that's, um, that's the kind of a shabby world. Yeah. He was a horrible man. So you learned it all off by heart and then were following with your finger on the yeah, line. I so don't know how I learned it off by heart. But it oh, well, I'll tell you what, that's impressive. Yeah. You should get points for that. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of songs. Hundreds of songs. Where did you first get your love of music? Was that was that out, probably, out there? Probably in school. I, I do remember the first time I got up to sing Ten Green Bottles hanging on the wall. Oh, really? Yeah, so I must like singing. And uh, then the, the next time I, I got up to sing, there was some kind of a prize and it was at a circus in the village. Yeah. And uh, Oh, the circus had come to town? The circus used to come to town. Yeah. Yeah, and so we went there and there was some singing competition, so I must have fancied myself. Yeah. So I got up, and when it was my turn, I sang the first two lines and took stage fright and took off and landed it two or three rows back. Really? Yeah. And first, oh, you just bolted and just and, and yeah, ran off the stage? Just bolted, just run off. Oh. I couldn't. Uh, and the first two lines were McLamara's band. Oh, my name is Michael Amaro, I'm the leader of the band. And then I took stage fright and off it took. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then we made, we made our confirmation. Yeah. Uh, and all the students has to go and we went to make a confirmation. And then that day we, we all took a pledge. Yeah. And they took this pledge that they would, would not drink alcohol. So... I took the pledge that day, yeah, and I have it still. All those years later. Oh, you've never had a drink. I've never had a drink in my life. Wow. Yeah, and I can get up on any stage, anywhere, and sing, and tell jokes or whatever. Well, that's why you can remember it all so clearly, because you've never had a drink. Never had a drink. That's the bones that I have. Well, don't you think the rest of drink enough for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had oh, with some great times really, and and swimming in the rivers yeah. was another thing. And then coming from school one day, we blocked this river off. It must be 30, 40 foot long. Yeah. In in the in the glen, and we blocked the river off. The whole of all the school kids, we blocked the river off, and we um, with bushes and branches and sods and grass and stones and everything. Oh, so you'd made like a dam? Make it made a dam. Yeah. And it was 30, 40 foot long, the dam. And so we came from school, a whole lot of us, all the gang, very hot summer's day, 
and uh, we just threw the clothes off. Yeah. Dived in, no clothes on, because we didn't wear underpants in those days. Yeah. We didn't have the money, but we didn't, don't, vessel in the pants was unheard of. Yeah. Until we nearly come over here. So we all got in, and the clothes was on the banks, and there was fat fellas and tin fellas and big back sides on them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> didn't the owners of the land come down? Yeah. And her daughter, three daughters she had, and the, the woman, the mother of them, and they pulled the dam down. She got rid of the dam because they were afraid their cattle might go into the, into the river. Into oh, the God, pond. yeah. That was the reason why we, as kids, we didn't yeah, no, care. They, yeah, they, just, they were just, ru they were just we ruining want, your fun. All we wanted was to swim. Yeah. And there was some beautiful trout in it in the bottom that it was so clear you could see the trout in the bottom oh it was really clear water as well it was well. all clear mountain was cold oh my god it was you know, when you're a kid you don't care if you want to swim you just leap in don't you we didn't feel the cold yeah I, I swam on Patrick's Day one time 17th of March I swam in the river my god cold that will have been cold honestly but uh, when that was up in the mountains that would have been freezing yeah, oh, it was freezing where it was rising well, it must have been quite a strong current as well, I would have thought. Well, it was a big pool. Like the dam was, the, the water was coming down from a waterfall. Yeah. So it was... It was a big, well, there was a big waterfall, as it must have been. There was a big waterfall coming down, so we were in there. Is it as beautiful as you make it sound? Oh, it was beautiful. I have a picture of it. So this would be about 12 or 14, so this is, you must have been, must have been near about the time when you started getting interested in girls. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't that, we weren't that much into Although we had gangs, there was gangs of girls and boys up in the mountains, yeah, but never any carrying on. So, we used to just knock up your own, um, well, we had our own entertainment, yeah, yeah, we did. And we then um, we used to put a big stone and then a flat stone on top of it and then try to knock it off, yeah, that kind of thing, and keep cans and hide and seek. We seem that the way I'm putting it up, it looks like we do nothing but play. So we, we had to get our bundles of sticks. We had to get five or six big bundles of sticks as much as you can carry. Yeah, because that's got to last you, hasn't so, it? Because I, I imagine when it was cold, it was freezing. Yeah, but on top of that, you see, with so many children going picking sticks, we had to keep going further and further away Yeah. to, to get the sticks. So we would we'd go up to two miles. We used to like it when it was high winds. Yeah. Because we'd knock, knock the timbers the timbers down in the wood. Yeah. And the branches and we'd all have a good day there. Picking that. Oh. So when you were fourteen and you left school, what happened? I used to Where did you go where did you go next? Well I I done a bit of work for for the granny. It was say the small The granny, the one so who did the statue the for the woman that was a yeah. Yeah. The woman that was a adopted us or borrowed us still. So in total, how long were you with her for? I was with her until I was um, up to 20. So you were with her for 16 good years with her. Oh, yeah. So you must have really come become close. Oh, we came uh, very close. Yeah, I can yeah. see why you would... I can, that's such a lovely thing to do, but I can see why you would organise to have a... What was it you say? A monument. A monument. Uh, well, a headstone better than a monument. So yeah. A monument could be 10 foot high, but no, it was... It's a nice headstone, about three foot high, a great big um, Wicklow granite yeah. stone. And uh, me and her grandson, we joined it between us. Oh, do you remember what it said on it? I do. To Kate Grimes. Yeah. And 
the date he died. Yeah. And to Boss Grimes. He was always known as Boss. Yeah. Boss Grimes, that's what he was always known as. Uh, husbands. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with fondest memories. Yeah. From Pat. That's, oh. that's such a lovely thing to do. Well, um, I felt I owed it to her. Yeah. Because she was, she was very good. Very good to me. After that. So this is, so you're 14, you've left school. So yeah, what, I went working for farmers a bit. Yeah. And um, there was a big farmer. I had a big land on him, lot of land. He was a lovely man too. And he was a, a champion, world champion ploughman. And he ploughed a world, horses. Cha- a world champion, champion ploughman? Ploughman, yeah. And he was, he, cha- he, he ploughed till about 1949, 50 with horses. Yeah. And he borrowed horses from his friend. Yeah. And his friend was a ploughman as well. And um, so I wonder he, what you have to do to be a world champion ploughman. Yeah, but he must have gone to championships and things. Oh, yeah, he competed in many championships. I've been a couple of times myself since I came over here. Yeah. Went back to Vernon and went to see the playing championships. Yeah. And you have to have very straight, very straight bills, very straight die, and the, the, the salt has to be lapped against the other one so that I didn't... Oh, so it's all it. about the quality of the, the furrow. Yeah, and, the and furrow, the, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then he done that with And the it's horses. about how exact it is and straight and, and then straight. it's got to look. And he gets marked on that, does he? He used to play with the dad to, to like, learn himself. But he had a, he's a great big farm, maybe 300 acres. Yeah. Uh, so he used to play in the dark to practice getting to the straight practice line. getting the straight lines. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then he, he, he started with a tractor. Yeah. And a big tractor. And then he was sponsored by Nutfields. Tractor people, yeah, because he was a world champion, so yeah. they wanted him to be Nut- the face of, yeah, what was the name of the company? Nut- Nutfield, Nutfield, yeah. And he had a big, there was always a big spread in the big paper, the Irish Independent or the Irish Press, yeah, a picture of him. And you could see, I can see it still, but I'm looking back at the first photo, and he was driving that then for our advertising, that for Nutfield. We had that for so he would have got a brand new tractor, brand new tractor. Wow, every, that's amazing. Every every time the plane chances come out, yeah, it was, it was a lovely man. Yeah, and he was on he was on the um, uh, one man and his dog. He's been on that. On so the, he did sheep dog stuff as he well. Sheep dogs as well. He was on that program one man and his dog. Yeah, here in Britain, many a time. Yeah. Wow! All come by. So I worked for him. Uh, so what did you do for him? I looked after the cattle sometimes. I fed the cattle and cleaned out half of the cattle. And, yeah. And done some work down the fields and that kind of thing. Just for a few bob when I was 14, 15, yeah. 16. Then I got my first job. I got my first job in a factory. Yeah. Which seemed unusual. But um, I went to a factory. And is that still up in the mountains or is it No, this was down in Tala. Down, down in the lowlands. Yeah. Yeah. I went walking for this man in this factory and I was doing washing apples. Washing apples and currants and sultanas. And he was doing that mince meat. Oh, so this Sweet. was this is this when I was sixteen. Factory. Factory yeah. sixteen years of age. Yeah. You're sixteen, you start 16, working in the factory. Start working in the factory. What did the factory make? It made mince meat, 
most um, sweet mints were poison. Oh, min- mince pies. Not, not, yeah, mince, mince meat poison. They yeah. make the poison themselves. They made the mince meat for the poison. Yeah. And uh, he was a lovely man, very generous man. And he he sometimes would have orders in and you had to work 24 hours a day or he two shifts on, mm. that kind of thing. And uh, and then the trouble was after maybe two, three weeks, yeah. he's nothing. So uh, but I worked for him for a good while. And then in the meantime, then I took a job in a building job, yeah. business suite, and it was blue by there. And then I come back to him when he got to work, come back to him. What was your, what was your, you know, your big memories of the actual job? What, what was your job in the factory? I was washing apples one job, and the other job was opening these big, like there was hundred pounds boxes of currants and raisins and sultanas. Yeah. It was a hundred pound box. It was coming in from, I would have come from Africa, wherever. Yeah. Uh, and it was solid. In the well, like a great, like a great big they solid. Of, um, You'd solid have to break up the raisins into separate. them up and send them down the tables. Yeah. And, and there was loads of girls, maybe fifty girls, all along these long tables down the factory. Wow. And picking. I bet up. they were all condensed down as well, weren't they? Yeah, all they were very solid. So that's what I was doing there, and um, washing barrels. Did you like it? I liked it. I loved it. Yeah. 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 Then I went working in a concrete factory place, concrete plant, where they made big concrete blocks. Oh, did Every, you? Everything concrete. Is that, is that in Taller again? It was in Clondalkin. Oh, okay, Clondalkin. away, Clondalkin. Yeah. And we used to go on our bikes. It was about six, seven miles. Yeah. And we'd go on our bikes to it. And then uh, work all day, and sometimes we worked nights. We went on ship work. There. You wouldn't do all day and then all night, would you? No. Yeah. No, I did that later in my own life, I do that. God. Yeah, I worked all day and all night. But getting back to that, then a menstrual came on. And, uh, the what came on? The, the, the people couldn't make cement. Right. They weren't making cement. They weren't delivering cement. That's yeah. what makes the concrete. Yeah. And so the building trade stopped and no, couldn't make blocks, couldn't make anything. So we were off for about six weeks. Wow. At least. And no, no job. So Punchestown racing comes into my life a lot. Punchestown came with a very big festival, a bit like Sheltonham. Yeah. Now, and it was then, and uh, everybody got sick. Mm. Uh, all the factories was nearly empty on Punchestown. Everybody was sick. They wanted to go to Punchestown. Yeah. It was about 40, 15 miles away, maybe, from me. And we used to go on the bikes up to Punchestown. So we'd been there a few times. And so um, I went down to the boss of the factory, the plant, concrete plant, mm. and I says to Thomas, I'd like, I'd like to go to, to Punchestown tomorrow. Yeah. Is there any chance that you could give me a few bob holiday pay? Yeah. Uh, he said, I don't see why not. He was a nice man. So he gave me the holiday pay. Mm. So I took the bus into Dublin, got myself a cheap suitcase. And tickets for the boat. Mm. And then I finished up Liverpool or Hollyhead the next morning. Yeah. But I came home uh, and I said to the granny, I said, When is the tea going to be? I said, Let the wait, you'll just come home. I said, I can't wait. I said, I'm leaving tonight. Mm. When? Of course, that caused a few tears. So I said, uh, Yeah, I said, I'm going to bring them. So I had some school friends in England. So, I put so that's a big thing. Yeah, I put the case in the bottom in the bottom window. Of the bottom so, window. so just tell me this, this bit again. So, so how how did the, the move to England start? 
because of the concrete factories or plants wasn't Oh, and they run out because they run out of they cement. They couldn't get cement. So you had to go where the work was. So I went where the work was. It was about probably six weeks. Yeah. Uh, hoping that the cement slip would be fixed and fixed. So how were you? You must have been about 18, 19, were you? Uh, I was more than that, yeah. 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 When I went to 21. Oh, okay. When I went there. So I went to England. And I just had a few rags and an old coat and I had a pair of boots. So almost literally just went with the money in your pocket and just that's it? with £9 and a suitcase. Yeah. That's what I had left after paying for, wow. for my ticket. £9 and a suitcase. I always tell my children that. What did you first, when you first landed, when you first arrived in England, what did you think? Did you think, I made a mistake? Did you think this is great? Well, I was, no, no, I didn't. But when I got, when I got to Hollyhead, mm. um, this bloke, the customs man, wanted to, Man wanted to see what I had in my case. He says, Why have you got a bear pot? Now that surprised me a bit because I'd never been in here before, so I don't know how he knew my name. <laughs> so, so I opened my case, yeah. And what had I got in the case? Big old coat and a pair of nail boots with a load of cow drum and pygmy neuron on them, yeah. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so, when as soon as he got the smell of that, he soon threw, put the case in it back on it. Off you go. Yeah, that's the truth. There you go. There's a good tip for smugglers. Yeah. Just cover everything in, in cow dung. Yeah. Pig dung. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I got it with that. And then I got to Manchester, Manchester Central Station. Yeah. And I got a taxi from there. And it said it was three bob, yeah. three shillings, 15p in today's. Yeah. So it was three bob, so I only had two half crowns. So I gave him the two half crowns, expecting to get me two bob back. Yeah. And he really drove off. Of course he did. But the first time I was in England, I got bobbed two bob. So then I made my way to Grafton Street, which is right near the Ryland yeah. Terminal now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when I sent the address home, I thought, God, our passage is living the hopeless in Grafton Street. Yeah. There were pictures in Grafton Street but there Grafton Street in Dublin. Beautiful Grafton Street in Dublin. Yeah. Or very far from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next day I was out working. Next, the very next day was Tuesday. Mm. I went out to work on the Tuesday. There was loads of work that time in 1955. And I was working, went up to work on Langley Estate. You know, Langley was being built at that time. There was some lots and lots of builders up there. So I went walking there and was sweeping roads, wheeling yeah. ashes to flaggers and that kind of thing. So I only stayed there a few weeks. Got a better job. Harder job, but a better job. Oh, you had a harder job. What was that? Well, it was, it was in the building, but wheeling loads of concrete and digging out foundations all by hand. There were no machines then. Yeah. Digging out. Digging out foundations by hand. Yeah. God, that is a tough job. Yeah, as much as 10 foot deep. Yeah. Yeah, three metres. And then we had put timbers in and that. Yeah. And then throw it up and fire and, and then concrete them. And, and the concrete was mixed on the site. Yeah. So the wheelbarrows were out of the concrete. Wow. It was 13 pounds, 10 shillings yeah. for six days. I actually took up boxing first. 
But it was in Grafton Street. It was, it was the holy name wasn't far from Grafton Street. Yeah. And so I was always into athletics. It could be like in that. But uh, I took up boxing. Yeah. I was at it for about a month. And uh, I was put in the ring. Well, he knocked. He knocked hell out of me. This guy. Oh, so, oh really? So you got a wallop in your first time round? Yeah. So I thought, this is not for me. <laughs> I thought that's a per- perfectly rational decision. A bit like Cassius Clay. I didn't want to get my looks ruined. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, you're the handsome one, don't forget. You can't I was, get your, yeah. You can't still, get your nose crossed. The girls still say that. <laughs> I, um, so I took up, um, there was a lad in the digs where it was, and he was doing weightlifting. Yeah. And he said, but why don't you come with me? So Lucky Marciano was big at the time in the 1955s. Yeah. And he won 49 fights without a loss. But you know, the, the last man who boxed him? Yeah. The Undertaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last man who boxed him. Very good. Yeah. So with that, I don't know, the one this guy said to his mate, he says, this is Pat. He said, he's been doing some boxing. Hello, Rocky, he said. So he <laughs> called me Rocky from that day to this. And he still called me Rocky all those years later. So, because of Rocky Marciano, that was your yeah, nickname? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Thomas Rocky Fallon. That's what they called me. Rocky Fallon? Yeah. That's a great name. So, when I, when I got into the weightlifting then, yeah. I, was, I was into swimming as well, but I liked the weightlifting. I took up the weightlifting. So, what made, what made you do that? Just because it was good fun? Or? It, it, was, it was... I wasn't getting bit in the face. And then yeah, but I suppose it was better than good, getting smashed in the yeah, face. Yeah, good reason. That's a good answer, Pat. The best it was better than getting smashed in the face. <laughs> so then I took that up, and then I, I graduated with that and started entering competitions. And yeah. The, the club that I was in uh, started going into a weightlifting league. Yeah. And uh, we went from that and took up the, the weightlifting and became reasonably good. Yeah. I'm trying to be modest, of course. Obviously. No, yeah. don't know. This is not a time for modest. <laughs> no, not for modest. This is where this is well, so, we, we, we crow about our achievements. I took up the weightlifting uh, and I got reasonably good at it. And I won the, uh, the North West Counties in 1960 Yeah, in the and Stone class. I became toured in, the Britain, in all Britain. Then I took, I was doing, with that, I was doing bodybuilding as well. See, but uh, so what year must, was that? Was that in the, the it started late... 58, 57, 58, 57, 58, 59. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because bodybuilding seems like quite a new thing, but it obviously is not, is it? Oh, it was... no, no, it was a big thing. Still a very big thing. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I, I was doing bodybuilding, but the lifts I was doing was bodybuilding lifts. Yeah. Because you do two hands curl for the biceps. Yeah. You're doing the bench press for the pectorals. Yes, yeah. and you don't squat for your legs. Yeah, so the big weight on the shoulders and squat down with it and come back up, and you have to do officially to do it officially. You had to your toys had to be level with the floor, you know, level, level not 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 like that. Yeah, had, so to get it official, so that's what so, I had to have. So the bodybuilding was really a, that was, those three exercises was doing the bodybuilding. Yeah, so then it become. Good at that and picked the body up. So you must have looked you must have looked like you were I looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Could you do that thing where you made your pecs dance, you know, dum bum bum well bum 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 I was with him many times. 
Tony Holland. Yeah, the guy from yeah. was it Opportunity Knocks? I've got a photograph of me and him. And with Tony Holland, that, the guy who did that yeah, song? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was at the first show he ever did, and that was at the Holdwood Hall, Tony Holland, and he was, I was like, wonder schoolboy. Yeah. Wonder schoolboy at the time. Uh, and then he got on Opportunity Knocks. And he won that five times. Well, that was just through doing the thing, making his pecs dance. Yeah, to, to well, his the... pecs are his, his lats. And, oh, yeah, and yes, yes, it was, yeah. Lats, you know, was it? And it was always the same song, wasn't it? It was always... Yeah. I photograph of man. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so... And then another world champion. And we were... The three of us was in a competition at Middleton. Yeah. And we were up on the back of a wagon. This coal wagon, flat boat coal wagon, we're in the back of that, and we were in this Mr. Middleton contest. Yeah. And not the, neither of the three was got in the first three yeah. <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But what? How? <coughs> how's bodybuilding changed? Because now, when you look at them, they've all got all of the fake. They all look like they've got bovril all over them, don't they? Well, did you do that at the time? Did you no, do the fake tan? No. No. We did shave. We shaved the legs and yeah. the chest. And that was it. We didn't have... Yeah, because you've got to see the definition, yeah, I suppose, haven't you? Yeah, see the definition, yeah. Yeah. Then later on, I'd come in. It was just ordinary olive oil and that, just to make it smooth look. Yeah. But wouldn't that... Well, I had, I had a good time in that. You know, a good, good few. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I started um, doing some instructing. Yeah. Uh, for the Manchester Education Federation. Yeah. So I doing some instructing there. And... Uh, I got the price and my deposit for my first house. Yeah. Uh, out of it. Really? Yeah, put that straight into the bank. So that, it was really putting food on the table, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that... well, I've got the price of the deposit for my house out of it. That's so fantastic. Got, but then I've done an awful lot for weightlifting. I've done an awful lot. Um, for all this, Manchester Federation started leagues up and competitions between all the different. Oh, really? All over Winshaw, Lakeley. All over the place, across <coughs> there. Yeah. And there was a good few clubs in Manchester then, youth clubs, Crossley House, the old Timpsons on. So you used to work with kids as well, getting they getting kids into it. Teenagers and that. Yeah. And a couple of so you must have been like you must have been a big name on the circuit right back then. It was in my day. Yeah. yeah. And, but when when the three children came along pretty quick, <coughs> I had to draw a line on. Well, so so there you go. Well, tell me how you met your wife. I met my wife, uh, I met her in Dublin. Yeah. The first year I went home on holidays mm. and I stayed over a couple of weeks. And after that, I... Um, <coughs> and how old were you at this point? I was 20, 22. So you were 22, yeah, so, so this would have been like 1956, 56, around there. 57, yeah, yeah, 56. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so and then I went to this dance hall because I had... Before I left, I had a fancy for a girl. Yeah. And I told her she'd be at this dance hall. Yeah. And I'd never been in the dance hall before. Right. I've been all the dance halls three and four times a week. Yeah. Before that. But not this one. But not this one. Right. I was told she'd be there. So I go to this dance hall and I've seen this blondie girl and another ginger haired one. So I went up and I asked the blondie girl for a, a mm. dance and she's a pretty good dance hall. Yeah, but she wasn't the girl you went there to no, find. She, the girl I wanted wasn't there. <laughs> I missed her. She wasn't there that night. Yeah. So uh, I used to go. I was on holidays now, bear in mind. Yeah. So I went that night. So I danced a few dances with her and somebody else and somebody else. 
Then the next day, I go to another dance from three o'clock until six yeah. in Dublin. And who comes in only Blondie? Same girl. Same girl. So I do dances with her. And I says to her, <coughs> I said to myself, so I've talked to myself sometimes. I said to myself, I'm going to tap this one up now for the last dance. <laughs> when, I went, when I went for the last dance, she was gone. Oh. Gone. So, so, anyway, I go dancing on tours tonight. Yeah. Into Dublin again. But bear in mind, we were 12 miles from Dublin, where we live. Yeah. And so it goes in there, and uh, and then she comes in again. Well, what they used to do in those days, yeah. they used to give the girls free tickets, free dance tickets, so it was free in, to get the girls in for the boys. Yeah. You know. Because the girls were like bait. <coughs> yeah. For the, so for the lads. No girls there, the, the fellas would be, wouldn't be coming. Yeah. So there's third time, lucky. So she was there this night, and there was a garden outside with just soft drinks in. Yeah. So they, we, I said, would you like a drink, cold drink? Was it? All right. So then we're talking to her outside, sitting on a stool. I said, so would you like to come out with me on a date? Ask me nicely, she said. Ask me nicely. I said, how nice can I ask you? Would you like to come on a date? It's your choice. You can go to the cinema, go for a walk, or dance, whatever. Mm. So we met her at the for yeah. Saturday night. So as she a, obviously thought you'd ask nicely enough. So I she must have asked nicely yeah, enough. Good. Yeah, good. So on the Saturday night, it was a terrible, terrible night. Yeah. Snow and oh, blizzard, wow. blizzard. So my granny says to me, you're not going out tonight, lad. <clears throat> I said, I am. I've got a heavy date. She said, don't care about that. Mm. So, and I said, I'm going anyway. Yeah. So off we went. We walked about two miles to a bus. Then I got a bus into town. Yeah. And I, I got up in this big windows of the shelter of the snow. And I couldn't believe nonsense. Here's this girl coming down like a snow lady. And it was herself. Was it? So it was God. I couldn't believe it. Because I didn't even know. I just knew her first name. Well, you, from what I've seen, you knew her as Blondie. But what was, yeah. it, what was her name? Nancy. 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 And that's who went on to be your wife. Yeah. Nancy. And the, the first date was on the 5th of February. Yeah. 56, first date, and we went to a picture house. Yeah. And when we come back, the snow was all gone. So I was, I would have been prepared to walk home. Yeah. But uh, so she got her bus home, and I got my bus home. And Perfect. Home. How long in the end were you married to Nancy for? Married Nancy for 56 years. Wow. Yeah. 56 years. Oh, we were very happy. Very happy. Had our ups and downs, but we were very happy. Everyone does. Everybody does. Everyone does. Three, three lovely girls. Three oh, great yeah. girls. No doubt about Yeah. So I gave up the weightlifting because of the, the youngest one came. Yeah. And it wasn't fair. I was very much into the music with the young young generation. Is it, am I right in thinking you're right for, you know, for singing as well? You were saying something about singing. Singing, yeah. So what kind of song? What I kind sing of stuff? all kinds of songs, and I sing. Where? Where do you sing? I sing sometimes. Jimmy Cricket was a, a, a Jimmy, Jimmy Cricket, the comedian. Yeah. Wow. I can tell you one about him. 
uh, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. no. To, well, to, what's tell me about the, 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 the singing. So, so where, so where do you, you, I'm you, always you sing? Always interested in singing. Yeah. Always, and I say I have hundreds of songs. I sing all kinds of songs, sad songs, jolly songs, yeah, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, history song with history song about a dog, for instance. Yeah, um, called Master McGrath. Yeah, he won the Waterloo Cup in 1978, 69, or 71. And the big, big statue they built to him down in Waterford. Yeah, uh, and that's a lovely, jokey song. Yeah, you know, um, so I do that one. And my wife wrote a lovely song. Oh, really? She, she wrote one? She wrote one, yes. And I actually sang it on uh, Manchester, GMR, yeah. on the 22nd of November. The, Last year. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It's about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Wow. And, she, and, and you, you, your wife wrote it? Yeah. Yeah. She wrote it. Wow. And uh, we was telling the life story in one sense of him. He came to Ireland. His father was an Irish ambassador yeah. in, in the 40s. And they came over with him when he was about 12. Yeah. And then he came back again then in 1963. And uh, well, I think it's nice. Yeah. You know, there was a man called Kennedy, and freedom was his aim. He became the youngest president of Great America. Yeah. He strove for liberty for all, regardless of their creed. A brave and fearless man was he, this everyone agreed. His young wife's name was Jackie, who was lovely and refined. They had two pretty children called young John and Caroline. He loved his family dearly, and this love he did return. And now this love for him within their hearts will ever burn. It was on the late November day as Jackie drove along, smiling to the waving crowds at Dallas Street at Trump. Yeah. Beside him sat his proud young wife as happy as could be until a bullet bowed the head of brave Jack Kennedy. Well, I've got to give that a round of applause. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The fact, and I tell you what, knowing that, that's how you knew that that reading off by heart when you were faking being able to read because you, you obviously got a talent for, for memorising things, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And your wife wrote that? My Nancy wrote that. Yeah. In 1963, the date, a few weeks after Paula was born, Paula was born on the 6th of October, I'm telling yeah. Paula's age now, she mightn't like me to do that. But she was, she was sitting there watching the television and yeah. she was feeding the baby when she said, somebody should write something about him. Yeah. And uh, she did. Wow. So that's sometimes I've seen that or rewrite that in places. So Nancy's no longer with us, is she? No, not a mission. She died on the 5th of February. The very the first date I had with her was on the 5th of February. And she died on the 5th of February t- yeah. 2014. So she's four years dead. Yeah, oh, bless your heart. Yeah. And she's a lovely woman. Yeah. She's 56 years married. And when she came over first, she had, her mammy wouldn't let her come over to England. She's a yeah. pagan country. She said, that England is a pagan country. You're not going over there. She said, ma'am, <laughs> my boyfriend is over there. Yeah. So the only condition that she would let her come to England was that she had to go into the nuns' convent on Upper Brook Street. Yeah. So she went over to the nuns where she was taught by the nuns. Yeah. And the mother went over to the nuns and said, have you got a place over in Manchester? My Nancy is going over. And so they rigged her up in, in Manchester. And uh, looking back... Must have been a terrible few couple of years for her, really. Yeah. Because the moisture was running around and you had your own allocation of food. Yeah. And you uh, had to begin by half past ten on a Saturday night and ten o'clock with the nights. Wow. And you couldn't be no boys in. No boys could come in. Not even you? Oh, not even me, not even anybody. No, they didn't let them in there. Wow. But I'll tell you about Jimmy Cricket. Yes, yes. My mate Jimmy, I just as I say, I do just songs for uh, recitations for Jimmy, lovely fella. Yeah. Got, so what? These are on. She used to on stage. Lives up the road from me. Oh, does he? Yeah, he lives up the road, and he um he was coming down one day in his Merc. Yeah. And I had a van, big old van, and I was pulling out this big tree, and I had a big rope around. I took all around the tree. Yeah. And I had rope around it, and I was pulling, and I was going up the road. With the van, yeah, and Jimmy stops his car in the middle of the road. Pat, 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 he said, Stop. He said, Somebody's tied your, your van to the tree. I said, I'm trying to pull the bloody thing out, Jimmy. And that's no go. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. With Jimmy, yeah. He asked me then, he asked me, Would I do a bit of singing for him one time? Oh, so really? Yeah. So I says, uh, Yeah, well, I'll sing anything you want, Jimmy, yeah. as many as you want. He put his hand on my shoulder and he says, Pat. He says, just remember one thing. Yeah. It's my show. <laughs> but yeah, but I bet you stole the show anyway, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I've got great comfort now since Nancy died with meeting up with these adult Irish dancers. And uh, we go down there every Monday night. To the Irish dancing. To the Irish centre. Yeah. To the Irish dancing. I say we go in the parade and we go to go around to uh, nursing homes, yeah. nursing homes, and that, and we sing. I sing for them. 
I sing a couple of songs, introduce them, then they do a dance or two. Mm. Then when I get in their breath, I put them change in their shoes. I sing another dance or two. Yeah. And or sing another couple of songs and they do another dance and we've been at another old song in Warrington. Oh really? Yeah, recently. It was four Patrick's Day. That's like a UK tour, you're going all over the place. Oh aren't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I say that look at what good we're doing, you know. And you see I'll be honest, so at eighty four, Pat You'll be going around to a lot of these, you know, nursing homes, and I bet you're older than a lot of the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just say, Here's the entertainment tonight. When I come in, when I come in, I just say, I'm not looking for a bed, really. <laughs> Your room just say, I don't want a bed, thank you very much. But I went in one night, uh, to a nursing home, and this the owner of the nursing home, yeah. she approached me and she says, uh, she said, we've got a Mr McGinty here. Yeah. It's her birthday today. Would you possibly make reference to her? I said, no problem. I'm your man. So I got up and I got up to my turn. I said, we're very honoured today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Very honoured indeed. We've got Paddy McGinty's mother here today. <laughs> but we haven't got the goat. So I'm going to give you Paddy McGinty's goat. Brilliant. So that's why. Yeah. Gladly. <laughs> I bet it's like Tom Jones going round. Do you ever get underpants thrown at you? <laughs> Some bricks. I tell you what. Some bricks. I tell you what. I tell you something now that my neighbours, I said they they love to hear me sing. Yeah. I said when I'm in that bat, I said I can really give it the full volume. I said they throw bricks to the window so they can hear me better. <laughs> Thank you for being on Two Cups of Tea. I've had a, I've had a way <laughs> of a time with you. Cheers, Pat. Very Thank much. you. Thank you very much. There you are. Put it there. I never told you about my tea. I lost my tea in the Pacific. Tell me now. We've, still got, we've got time <laughs> for this one. I lost my tea. When I went on holidays to LA, I went the first day I went down to the beach and this big wave hit me right in the belly and out shot my teeth into the ocean. So I lost my teeth. I was going to a steakhouse that night. Oh, what a crime! Yeah, in America. Oh, big sixteen hour, twenty hour steak. Yeah. Anyway, I went to church that very night. Yeah. And in the church magazine was advertisements for different things. Yeah. And it was three dentists. So I went to one on the first thing Monday morning. So I said, "I'm out of here on Thursday. Can you have it for me for tour? No, I'm out for Friday. I must have a Thursday. Yeah. If you can't do a Thursday. Forget about it. We can do it, sir." So they brought me in and gave me fittings and all that. Yeah. And fair play, I had to take the teeth on the tours in the morning. So I put them in and I said, now, Pat, you can go in the movies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pat, you can go in the movies now. <laughs> well, oh. And when I went to, uh, we went down to Mexico one day and uh, after You've been all over the shop, haven't you? After I used my teeth, yeah. I had no teeth. And we were at the water park the day before, so I had a sailor's hat on, yeah. sailor's hat on, my shorts on, and my body showing with the arms out. Like, oh, of course, so you were a bodybuilder. A Mexican came out of the out of one of the shops. He says, Popeye, Popeye, you want a woman? <laughs> I said, I don't want a woman. So, yeah, goes round the corner, oh, and this other guy comes out of the shop. Popeye, Popeye, you think you must have bloody smoke signals or something. But he says, Popeye, Popeye, you want, you want a woman, you want two women. I said, no bloody trouble with the two I have. Oh, I don't want any more. Yeah. That's amazing. Was, yeah. 
And these and these are Mexicans. Mexicans. Yeah. Talking about I Mexican. don't know. They didn't have sound German, Pat. Mexican. <laughs> I had to apologise to And that was Pat, and it was one of my favourite visits yet. His daughters, I have to tell you, make amazing scones. Actually, I just heard this podcast is about sharing some fantastic life stories. But there are well over a million chronically lonely people in the UK who have no one to share their stories with. If you'd like to know more about ways to change this, then please go online and visit campaigntoendloneliness.org and let's find out together how we can make loneliness a thing of the past. Thanks again to Pat and also thanks to Acast for hosting the show. And rather than play out with Claire de Lune as usual, today I'd like the beautiful voice of Pat Fallon to play us out. This is a song called Spinning Wheel. See you next time. Mellow the moonlight to shine is beginning. Slow spy the window, young Eileen is spinning. Bent o'er the fire, her blind grandmother's knitting. Slowly groaning and drowsily knitting. Eileen, Akara, I hear someone tapping. It's the ivy, grandmother, against the glass wrapping. Eileen, I surely hear somebody sighing. The sound, grandmother dear, of the autumn winds dying. Merrily, cheerily, noiselessly whirling. Spins the wheel, spins the wheel while the first stirring, brightly and lightly and airily ringing, came the sweet voice of the young maiden singing. There's a forum at casement, and a forum of for true love, who whispers with face bent. I'm waiting for you, love. Step up from the stool to the lattice, step lightly. We'll stroll in the grove while the moon's shining brightly. The maid shakes her head on her lips, lays her fingers. Steps up from her stool, long ago yet lingers. A frightened glance streaks at her drowsy grandmother. With one foot on the stool, she spins the wheel with the other. Slower and slower and slower the reel rings. Lower and lower and lower the wheel spins. Ere the wheel and the speed stop the spinning and moving. In the grove, the young lovers by a moonlight are roving. In the grove, the young lovers by a moonlight are roving. Good or bad, good. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.